0: Weirdo Bookworms Unite! Do your reading tastes range from dystopian sci-fi to middle-grade fantasy? Dark
1: psychological thrillers to gory body horror? From YA paranormal swords and sorcery? Extraterrestrials? Murder? Mayhem! And beyond! Then we want to share our love of reading with you! Welcome home. Hey everybody, it's Sandra. It's Scott. And this is a sci fi episode tonight. Yay! It's a sci fi. <laughs> we got a sci fi. Today, we're actually going to be talking about Please Report Your Bug Here, a novel by Josh Rydell. Uh, but before we do, we always like to share a little something, a little something something. So um, we've actually, I feel like we've been enjoying a lot of things. Um, one thing that's kind of fun is Mandalorian's back. Awesome. Uh, We're a little behind. I think Mandalorian's over, (laughs) but I mean, I think we're we're just a little behind. Not much. And then Yellow Jackets is back, which is like one of my obsessions. If you're not watching Yellow Jackets, you really should be. It's brilliant. And I love the soundtrack.
0: And I have been watching Picard, which has been... Say that again. It's not like Picard, Like like a Bacardi? No, Picard, Star Trek <laughs> Like Jean Yeah,
1: Picard of the USS Enterprise. Exactly.
0: uh Season one and season two were fun, but a little bit different. Season three is incredible.
1: Is and this is the last season. It's
0: the last season. It's incredible. It makes me cry. It makes me happy. It's like the next. It's like the final next generation movie that we never got. It's just.
1: Does friend of the the show Kelly watch that?
0: I don't know. I hope so. You should get
1: on the horn with that one, Mm. because if not, I think it sounds like she should. All TNG people should, right?
0: I don't know if I knew that Kelly was a TNG person.
1: Um, I think she's like she's not like the heaviest TNG you'll ever meet, but she's pretty deep. I know it's hard when you get into Star Trek because people expect you to be like, it's kind of an intimidating fan base. They want you to know everything.
0: I actually had someone who doesn't know much about Star Trek say, is it kind of like Star Wars where it like branches out and like all these different side projects like they're doing? I'm like, Star Trek's been doing that for a long time.
1: <laughs> so yeah. So yeah, definitely. Um, Very, very rich mythos. It's a rich mythos. Uh, I, <laughs> it's like a roo. It's like a roux or a base. (laughs) I'm in a silly mood. I'm a silly goose. Yeah. silly goose. I'm always a silly goose. All right. Well, without further ado, let's get this science fiction episode started for the spoiler-free section. Let me tell you about Josh Rydell. Please report your bug here. Once you sign an NDA, it's good for life. Meaning legally, I shouldn't tell you this story but I have to. A college grad with the six-figure debt to prove it, Ethan Block views San Francisco as the place to be. Yet his job at hot new dating app Date Date is a far cry from what he envisioned. Instead of making the world a better place, he reviews flagged photo cues, overworked and stressed out. But that's about to change. Reeling from a breakup, Ethan decides to view his algorithmically matched soulmate on Date Date. He overrides the system and clicks on the profile. Then he disappears. One minute, he's in a windowless office, and the next, he's in a field of endless grass, gasping for air. When Ethan snaps back to Date Date HQ, he's convinced a coding issue caused the blip. Except for anyone to believe him, he'll need evidence. As Ethan embarks on a wild goose chase, moving from dingy startup think tanks to Silicon Valley's dominant tech conglomerate, it becomes clear that there's more to Date-Date than meets the eye. With the stakes rising and a new world at risk, Ethan must choose who and what he believes in.
0: So I picked this book for us this week. You did. You did. I did. I Purely purely mine. I I, I found it somewhere. Um, And I mean... R- from the description we've got science fiction we've got San Francisco mm-hmm. and we've got portals
1: yeah and it's like like current sets um science fiction
0: yeah and so uh, i mean it just like it checks all those boxes on Scott's wall yeah and so it just it just seems so interesting and i really really was excited to read it
1: yeah uh so so what was your experience reading this book
0: okay so my experience with the book was it's a it's a good read. Um it feels like it's two different books. Okay. Um they and, and both of them like have, they have different tones and messages and genres, and they're just like smashed together into like one one story, right? Right. One of those was kind of more interesting and powerful to me. Mm-hmm. and like was like page turnery and one was just really more on the good read level and i don't think it's the one that you would think uh-huh. that really grabbed me
1: so we'll talk about yeah. that specifically in the spoilers.
0: exactly yeah um but like on both sides i think it's a lot higher concept than i was really expecting uh-huh. um you know with like some like really deeper like deeper subtext than i was than i was anticipating to be in the book. Mm-hmm. So it it just it hit me a little bit
1: different. So i would call it a good read. Okay. Um you know, there's sometimes we talk about there's there's books and there's readers as well that like character driven venues or they like um plot driven venues. Mm-hmm. And you know, i think that that kind of was something for me is this was more of a plot-driven book for me mm-hmm. than a character-driven book. That's not to say the character doesn't go on a journey, but I was more interested in the plot than the characters. If that makes sense, it does, hundred um, percent. I think everybody feels that magical sing-song feeling when you connect with a character, and that can be a character that like you're a lot like, or is very different from you, but for some reason you like you connect to them. So for me, this this book was a good read. This book is a good read. There's there's nothing wrong with. this book and there was a lot about it that i really enjoyed i am trying to in my you know what am i 500 years old and my 500th year of reading (laughs) i am trying to be a reader like i'm always trying to challenge myself and 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 adapt and be like, you know what? I don't have to like this character. What does this character have to teach me? What does this character have to say to me that could be interesting? So I'm trying to look at, you know, things through a, a, a mature lens sometimes. And then there's characters you straight up don't like sometimes. Mm-hmm. But what is what are they saying? What is the author using this character or this plot as a vehicle? to get behind so um the lead character this book ethan i did not start out liking ethan at all and then I really understood Ethan and I started to like him a lot more. And then I, there was yeah. another character in this book, which I won't name in the non spoiler section that I started out really liking. And then I turned out, I did not like them. Yeah, I, I know. Ex- I, I completely and agree with you on both counts. <laughs> and then there's a character that I feel very complicated about. And I would like to sit down and talk to this person in real life. Oh, I don't know
0: which character that is. Mm-hmm. Um, So I, I I like the way that you put it. Um, When you talked about Ethan, where it's like you understood him, yeah. Because I agree. I don't. I don't like Ethan. Um. I don't. I don't really like um where he's going. You know, as just as far as his character is concerned. Sure. But I understand why I don't like him, and I understand him and why he is the way that he is. I think that 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 dislike is actually one of the more interesting and powerful messages of the story it's a large part of that one that one book that's in this kind of like mm-hmm. book that i actually found really interesting it was actually while i agree with you this is more of a plot than a character book yeah um i think that there's an there's an interesting subtext to the reason why that is in this book
1: right and like maybe that's just like our interpretation of it for some people they may really connect to the journey even goes on and they, they may disagree with us in that um, i would also say this book is a love letter to san francisco and bay area tech which is something we live here <laughs> so yeah. like we really get that and it's always cool to talk about a place that you know it makes you feel a little prideful Um, and special but you know that's why we always talk about doesn't matter what you read as long as you read something if you have never been to San Francisco you will feel like you know so much more about San Francisco from reading this book and I think that's so cool and of course uh, this is a local author to us as well local to the Bay Area
0: there's a level of specificity in the in the the settings and the locations yes where there was a number of of specific locations where I knew exactly where it was and then when when he describes like oh it's you know Five blocks from this other place. I'm like, yes, it is. It is. It is. Yeah. That's exactly where it is. There's that that very specific description that I. If you are from here, it, it is really kind of fun to know exactly where the author was talking about. Um, so
1: it's a special feeling. Yeah.
0: At the same time, I wonder. I, you know, I, I kind of wonder that. You know, when when we talk about other books, where it's like we feel like, oh, that's where. That's like I felt like we learned so much about a place oh i felt like we were really there yeah i don't know if i noticed that specificity in other books and maybe that's just because i'm not from those places
1: that's like i i love learning about a place in a book i do yeah
0: yeah um and um but the other thing about this book it is very much a snapshot of a particular point in time Mm -hmm. it's you know when it comes to technology and the technology industry in silicon valley right there was the there was the exciting oh everything is growing everyone is like this is creating all this brand new stuff and there's just a million startups right and then there's kind of where we are now where it's really there's three companies out there and we all know who they are right, <laughs> right. there's really three companies and and, and they've basically own everything and this is what are they
1: called the corporation in this book
0: the 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 corporation yeah yeah. um and this is a this is this is at that moment in time where it's pivoting from that from that like that fledgling era Mm -hmm. to where we are today that's really really interesting
1: um no i I think so too and i i think that you know contemporary you know like in the last several years handful of years i don't know what qualifies as a contemporary setting but i think that a contemporary sci-fi book is pretty cool and not something that you see a whole whole lot of i know they're out there and i hope that that's becoming i don't know more like i would like to read more of that of like it's sci-fi but it's also like feels right now ish you know doesn't feel like crazy crazy in the future i love crazy crazy in the future far off galaxies Mm -hmm. but it's also very interesting to think about what if this happened right now in our normal everyday lives and then this insane thing happens
0: you know it's interesting you say that because because you know, you're you say, and I completely understand why you see it as being the right now. I almost see this, even though it only takes place like. Years ago, ten years ago, twelve yeah. years ago, I kind of see this as a little bit of of a historical look back as well.
1: Yes, yeah, so I'd have time and place. I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, it's it's crazy
0: to think of a book that takes place ten years ago as being a historical fiction. Well, Tech
1: moves fast,
0: but it really does feel that way in a lot of respect because it's a, it is a different landscape. One thing I don't know if we mentioned the author of this book was the first employee. Of Instagram.
1: How wild is that?
0: And so this, this reads, you know, outside of the science fiction part has very much almost a firsthand experience, like almost autobiographical in the way that it felt to be. A part of this industry at that period of time.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. I totally, I totally hear you. I totally hear you. Um, so before we get into the spoiler section, there's something I want to talk about. Um, but we'll do our, we'll do our appeal sco- score first. Um, what do you give for appeal?
0: Okay, um, so I'm giving this a tentative general appeal mm-hmm. and the reason why um the sci-fi aspect of this book is niche af but The the like I said, it almost the other part of it feels like this firsthand emotional experience of that time period. And so like people who are like Gen X and you know, millennials and people who are just interested in the tech industry and follows that interested in that culture, I think will really find some really interesting observations in this book. And so I, I think that that brings it more to a general audience. But if you think that it's niche, I could be convinced.
1: I don't think it's niche. Um, I I think it's a little more, mm-hmm. a little more broad than that. Um, really, for all the reasons you said, like I think that there's a lot of people that would fall into this audience. Yeah. Um. You know, just an interesting cross section of of people. Um. I mean, it is about a dating app, too, and I think that people who, I don't know, are on dating apps, which is a lot of people, might find this thought-provoking as well. Mm -hmm. We didn't mention that, audience. So, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but I already said at the beginning of the book, I had problems relating to to ethan so there's at one point where he's talking about a a character named noma so this is just an interesting little thought exercise we're going to do before we go to the spoiler section okay okay the way noma talked about tech was exactly how i thought about it nothing else aside from maybe close friends and family had been more important in our lives than the internet And now it was our turn to shape it. So here's the thing I think that that's a very interesting look into this book and into the culture of this book and into this character, because that's exactly it. For people around the millennial age of Scott and I, you know, we've been raised online (laughs) really since we were tweens, um, is when we started to really be online. And I I think that kids are even starting a little bit younger than that now. Um, And there is something very exciting. About you're into this thing, and then you get to shape it in in life. I think that's very interesting. However, I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yes, I love the internet. I go on the internet a million freaking times a day. Like, yes, of course, internet, yes. Um, so we're moving the close friends and family part, as he puts in there. Way more important to me are books. And animals those are probably the most important things in the world to me if i have books and animals and then horror movies um like in that You're order good. i'm good and and books that encompasses a lot of my horror and other genres right there but it was just interesting to kind of look at ethan and at noma and they have other interests outside of the internet these characters do but i was like N- no bro it- it's it's books and it's animals
0: I can't wait to expound on that particular Well, thought. what are the
1: first things that come to mind for you though?
0: That I'm um, uh well, I'm 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 a tourist through and through. Food, music, movies, books, okay. animals,
1: loved ones. <laughs> well, no, loved ones was already ruled out. Yeah. So you said food and music first. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, so it's just very interesting just and and for our audience at home, I think it'd be fun if you thought about things like that. Like, okay, removing the people part, the people close to you, your friends and family. What is so important to you and shapes you and you can't like kind of live without? I don't want to live without the internet by the way. And I think the internet should be a basic human right and available to everyone. Absolutely. But um, yeah, I was just like, Ethan, are we gonna have problems? <laughs> All right, very cool. Well, we will expand on that in the spoilers section, which you don't have to wait for because it's right now. Hey, Bookworm Buddy, don't forget subscribe, rate, and review. And while you're at it, find us on Instagram at Genre Junkies. Okay,
0: so I, I want to talk a little bit more about what we just talked about before the break.
1: Okay,
0: um, and that is uh, Ethan's. Uh, passion we'll call it for tech for the internet yes um okay so first of all i don't feel like ethan was really passionate about just about anything in this book except for his obsession with finding out you know i disagree what caused this bug
1: well okay that became his obsession yes
0: yeah so so much of ethan is just getting used and screwed over by everybody around him and he just lets it happen um all because he's supposed to this is the message i took from it ultimately i'm going to skip all the way to this this is the message i took from the book you know this this dedication to the the internet to to tech and at the end of the day what does he end up doing he ends up getting an analog camera Mm-hmm. And he ends up going to take some pictures and basically touches grass. <laughs> he,
1: he literally touches <laughs> literally, grass. I mean... No, that kid, that was going to talk about that too. He literally goes to another world and touches grass, and he also goes out with his camera. But I think that's I think that's an important part of his character growth. Yes, it is. There and and like I said before too, e- you know, Ethan is he's he was an art major. He loves art, and he talks really nicely about art in this book. He also likes to read books and poetry, and you know. um <laughs> sing karaoke by himself (laughs) um like it's not like that he has no other interests but i think that i I think that that's a very important moral of this book is when you give yourself over to something so hugely like your job or like anything it can go away but you know like he doesn't have date date anymore you know he like he loses it by the end of the book and it's like Dad, yeah, you worked your ass off. you missed your sister's wedding. you know stuff like that, and it's like you shouldn't you shouldn't have done that. You should have been busy li- your job is important, work is important, but you should have been living your life. yeah, um so I'm very proud of Ethan at the end of this book. We started off a little rocky, mm-hmm. but then I was like, I was I was happy for him. I was like, "Good for you. Good, for you get the camera. You get out on the beach, Ethan."
0: So I here's yeah, I struggle with some parts was with, with this book as a whole because I, you and I I think you and I are going to sit here and we're going to dig out a lot of meaning. I think a lot of it will have been in- intended, and I think some of it will be uh you know ninth grade English class reading into what the author is reading. Mm-hmm. So. I feel that ultimately the messages that the author wanted to portray got muddled hmm. somewhere along somewhere along the way in the writing of this book. Um, I'm I'm guessing at some of these messages.
1: And that's not a
0: bad thing in a book. You know, no, the
1: author doesn't have to yeah. spoon sheet you their messages. I
0: I actually find this book for better and for worse. To be similar to Catcher in the Rye in that kind of like not a, not an incredibly likable character, someone who's kind of finding themselves not necessarily in the healthiest of ways. Do you kind of get what I'm saying? I kind of
1: do. I mean, I'm not with you, but I hear you.
0: Okay. Um, the part, the, the, the half of this book and that I really liked, which surprised me, mm-hmm. was the non-science fiction parts of the book. Okay. Um I was really interested in learning more about tech. I found it interesting whether I liked Ethan or not this this kind of lack of humanity. Yes. In everybody. In everyone in uh-huh. this, you know, the founder, his boss, right, his friend supposedly, mm. who just who didn't even seemed to purposely screw him over was just so self-centered and and yes. and inhuman yeah. to just not even consider Ethan. Right. Look at this wonderful thing I got you working for the corporation, right? Right. It's just it's silly. And then Ethan himself just as is directionless, he's rudderless. He gets an obsession, but even outside of the obsession, you know, he kind of he kind of is a little bit of a
1: stalker, creeper. <laughs> You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I think you could say that about a lot of characters and books. So. Yes, but that also,
0: but it also, I think goes to the messaging of of all of these these companies is, you know, where when you're working in there, where is this line of personal space and public information?
1: Oh, absolutely. And I think that that is, um, it's, it's broached a bit in the book too. Um, and it's very interesting. It's very interesting when you put yourself on the internet, um, people are going to see you and people are going to find you and people are going to dig. And that's just kind of a, a part of it, especially on a dating site where you're going to be really vulnerable. And then this dating site where there's all these questions and that's really how they hook you in, right? Um. So the the character that... So Ethan, we weren't getting along at the beginning. Then by the end, I was really proud of him. So then the character that I really light at first was Noma and then she lost me because oh. I don't approve of where she and this isn't I mean th- this is Noma the character existing you know, this isn't I'm not talking about, you know the author's writing of her, but right. Noma I'm like, girl, you lost me. And then I am very, very fascinated with the founder. I'm very fascinated with him and I would like to sit down and talk to him and pick his brain because, I love that scene where they go to the Academy of Sciences. Oh, and like, yeah. you know, and there's, um, you know, that he can be so business, business, driven, driven. And then he also has this side of him. And then, you know, when he sells the company, he's kind of like, say la vie, on to the next. And I think that that's kind of an important lesson in life is, you know what? Sometimes the project ends and you move on and you got to move on. And that's where I, and, and I thought that that was, I thought that his relationship with Date Date was healthier than Ethan's. And, and um, as millennials on the elder scale, you know, with us, <laughs> I mean, there's older millennials, don't get me wrong, but we're, we're on the older end of things. Um, and the Gen Xers and some people before us, um, you know, we are we have very much been raised in hustle culture. Yeah. And there's like a part where he <laughs> been talking to the founder and he's like, Hey, can you do all this stuff? Happy to, I replied, slotting the task behind the urgent support emails I was behind on. And I was like like I feel that. I feel that there's sometimes what I do at work is I call it email triage. <laughs> I like that because it's not unusual for me to get in and have forty to fifty emails in my inbox, and I really, I really would like to respond to all of them in the order they're received. But sometimes I just have to go through and do the tr- do the triage, and I want to be less hustle culture. And I think, like you do, I think mm-hmm. a lot of us do because it's not a sustainable way to live your life. But um, it's a hard habit to break. And so, like I, I appreciate how Ethan and the founder were hustle, 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 hard. hard. Hard, hard. But then the founder's like, okay, and we're moving on and on to the next. And I was like, I feel like that's healthy. I
0: feel like the founder maybe was healthier.
1: Yeah, healthier.
0: Um, but he also it was a very specific type of person who needs that validation and yes men around him.
1: Oh yeah, Andy's a capitalist and a narcissist. I'm not saying we're yeah. going to be best friends. <laughs> I'm just saying I'd be very interested to talk to him because I think he has some interesting layers to him.
0: What I what I find what I find interesting is Ethan who was who basically was just being kind of used In a way, for his hustle in Date Date, right? He didn't really have any creative input on it. He was the first employee of Date Date. You know, if that's what if that's what you want, and there's nothing wrong with wanting that to just be a part of it and just to be a cog in the machine. Mm -hmm. There's a there's a kind of a piece in that, sure, in a way. But you would think that then the corporation would be the perfect place for him.
1: But he's not happy there.
0: He's not happy there. He's not really happy with any of it.
1: He's not maybe where he needs to be. Maybe he does need to work in art or work for some art app. (laughs) The the part of this book that I actually,
0: I don't know, resonated with me the most mm-hmm. was his trip to Japan. That was cool. It was really cool and, you know, tied that experience of wow, I'm in a place that I recognize yeah. from a from a movie because, you know, he's in the same hotel that was in um
1: uh, Lost in Translation. That no, was was Lost in Translation. Movie right? I love, yeah. and he
0: recognizes rooms, and then there's other stuff that just feels alien, and he's kind of realizing that you know the director changed things because it was what, and like exploring that kind of thing. Yeah, I, I don't know. There was something about that that really resonated with me that I found really interesting.
1: I think there's really something there. I yeah. think there's something there, and it's kind of mirroring other parts of the book where it's like like the internet or like i don't know the facade the surface level of things thinking that something is this way but there's actually a lot going on underneath
0: yes yeah. and i feel like i feel like some of the messages that were intended to be told through the science fiction the portals yeah. and you know the missing girl and her personality being changed by them going through and, and all of that i feel like a lot of that message was told and could have been told better yeah. through the non science fiction aspects of the book. Right. Um I've, I I uh, you know as much as like I think there's like some really interesting fun things to pull apart in like the regular story of this book, I found myself really disappointed with the science fiction. And I, I don't, you know,
1: there, you're going to be a stickler for science
0: fiction. I am going to be a stickler for science fiction. Um there was there was such a there's such a disconnect for me though in the extreme levels of specificity when it came to the stuff in the real world. Like talking about exactly how many blocks walking away from the specific BART station and how long he was on the train and, and that kind of, and you know, the, the Chemex coffee maker and all of this, you know, these specific coffees from these different countries. And then this portal technology is like unexplained, very surreal. Yes. And and the the two writing styles I didn't think meshed in this one book. I think when I say when I said earlier that I felt like this was two good books kind of squished together, I think the two of them would work better separately. Right. And I think I would have liked the the portal fantasy esque part of it better. Yeah. If it was less rooted in reality.
1: Yeah, I think the portal technology is pretty wild. And it kind of was a little hard for me to kind of wrap my brain around. And the way that it was so easily and readily accepted by everybody. And I'm like, surely, you all don't just like, get this. And I'm the only one who that like yeah. would be like. Are we sure we? I've seen the fly. Are we sure we should go in there? Yeah. Um. Yeah.
0: Because it almost goes too far in this in this kind. Because it's it's telling a a ghost in the machine tile type story, but. But going even further and making it like alternate alternate dimensions, yeah and it it, it just takes it a step too far into unreality right as to divorce as it just completely divorces itself from from the tone of the rest of
1: the book right because um I could see a little bit more. Where I thought this was going is like you, you fill out your profile, okay, you live in San Francisco, you find your absolute perfect match, you are portally transferred there, maybe they live in Dubai, but that's your person. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't expecting quite this kind of alternate plane sort of thing. Um, I'm not saying I disliked it, but it was a little like, maybe unnecessary, You know, like I I would rather the portals were just on a more earthly On
0: an earthly level. Or even if it was alternate dimension, like hey, you found your perfect match, but they're not on the same plane of existence as you. So what does
1: that mean for you? Yeah. Yeah. The
0: the the idea of you know, that the perfect match was just a seated um a seated account by the father of this of this girl to try, you know, to find some people who, you know, matched with these fake accounts yeah. to transport them to this alternate dimension that his daughter was sucked into. It's very convoluted.
1: It's very convoluted. Yeah, it's it's a little it's a little hard to follow. And it needed
0: this it, it to, to tell that story, it needed the time and the specificity that the rest of the book got. Mm -hmm. to to wrap your head around what was happening at the end of the day um the the final act the the sacrifice the self the self-destruction however you want to call it yeah of noma yeah just came out as feeling unearned
1: i wasn't satisfied with that ending um and i like see because i really liked noma i liked how smart she was i liked how capable she was i liked how much she called people especially ethan out on their bullshit um yeah i liked a lot of that i liked how it really felt like she was living life on her own terms in a variety of ways um by the way i wanted to note too this book is not like crazy, crazy, over the moon, exceptionally diverse. But this book is diverse um, in some different representation. And I really appreciated it because it's set in San Francisco and the very, which is a very diverse place. So uh, props, props, props <laughs> to that. But um, I wasn't, I wasn't like, I don't know. I, I wasn't totally bought into this this element where they kind of became the same person, noma and and the girl yeah. and and i wasn't i wasn't satisfied with that I, I think that noma was being a bit unfair to ethan too from
0: from the day di- from day
1: one I, not, well i mean but i mean they still had like these moments of incredible bonding and great human connection and then i feel like she kind of tapered off on him and i didn't appreciate that because i was coming to connect with ethan by that point and i'm like Noma, Noma, you're losing me, girl, girl, you're losing me. Come back. Well,
0: cause you find out that she's spent a lot of time, first of all, kind of making things up and 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 using him for this access, but she also like keeps so much to herself. Yeah. Um a lot of a lot of the I don't want to say the drama of this book. A lot of the the turmoil for Ethan could be could have been solved in the first third of the book by by noma just being honest about 90% of what was going on and even after he knew what was going on even after he knew about the girl who you know the girl lost in the machine and even after he knew what they were working for she still and he was on her side and was and wanted to help her and wanted yeah. to be a part of it she kept him at such arm's length
1: for no reason I agree and that's that's a problem because I mean I get her keeping her secrets I'm get I'm you know and I'm fine with this the subterfuge and the manipulation because she had a mission like I'm cool with all of that mm-hmm. but I feel like Ethan really proved himself yes and I was unhappy with her that shes started to treat him the way she did. Um, by the way, were you eating a bag of chocolate chips? I may have been. Oh my god. <laughs> fun little fun little bonus for the people. I may at home. have had a small handful of chocolate chips. Um, so I want to jump back really quickly, and this is towards the beginning of the book. <laughs> This is like, okay, the, some problems I had with Ethan. Again, Ethan and I ended up in a great place. So I'm talking about the old him. I'm talking about the old Ethan, right? Then where he's talking about, he and Allie are talking about books and he says, that's when fiction was starting to ring false for me. And I was like, Ethan, honey, touch fucking grass. I, like, right? touch grass. <laughs> um, but- <laughs> he's, he's so pretentious. It's almost like he doesn't mean to be, but he
0: is. He's he's pretentious, and and for someone who came from apparently nowhere, Missouri is like so privileged.
1: Yeah, and I think there's a point of that he acknowledges his privilege. Yeah. I, I do kind of feel like he does, but it was very much like, okay, Ethan, calm down, honey, come calm, calm down. Is that something that happens to transplants when they move to the Bay Area? I don't know. Maybe that's a thing. Um. So we're towards the beginning of the book. And this is, again, when I was like, Ethan, 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 baby, are we going to have problems, Ethan? (laughs) And yet I began to wonder, is this all love is? I talked with her about this idea of missing out on some undefined person. And predictably, she was understanding. She admitted she entertained similar thoughts. We were so young. I couldn't decide if the path to a more fulfilling love necessitated a new partner, or if we were simply too inexperienced to recognize love, to know what love is, and how to nurture it. Isabel had no issue choosing, though. So,
0: you know, you know how, sorry, I don't mean it, you know how, when when you start talking to a college freshman who's just taken their first philosophy course,
1: <laughs> you know, you know those conversations? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, I was very put off by Ethan, and I guess Isabel, being overly analytical of love. Love is not, um analytical love isn't something like you solve like an equation and i think that it um i mean if you're not happy or you feel like a relationship is mediocre then no you you shouldn't be in it but for me it's like i don't know it just it felt like you don't have to overthink it if you're happy and you're enjoying your life with this person and you love each other and it's not mediocre, why are you trying to fish for something that you don't even know what that is? You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, because when you find somebody that you love and loves you, think that's very important you know what i mean and i think it's something i i don't know i just felt like very i felt like their reaction to love was very cold it felt
0: cold yes although i also feel that that a lot of that was very one-sided and was 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 from one I mean it w- it was one person's perspective on the relationship because I'm sorry relationships don't go oh everything is wonderful and comfortable and then as he really describes it three days later feeling like there's nothing there anymore what it, when you when you when you read between the lines and and you follow the timeline of yeah. what was going on he is the one who disconnected into date date. And the founder
1: Well like he says Like you know They started to like A lot of the same things Which can often happen A couple yeah. things They started to dress alike And then he even says Like she's she, I miss the old Isabel, The one that Taught me lots of things I didn't know And it's like Sweetie Are you looking For a mentor Or are you looking For a girlfriend Like what do you, I mean I You and I Have been together A very long fucking time Yes And we know each other Very well And we still surprise Each other all the time Yeah Because we're always changing changing and growing and keeping little parts of ourselves locked away until we want to share them with somebody.
0: Yeah, but things are also a lot more known and comfortable than they were when we first started dating. Well, when, yeah,
1: you have to get past the point of everything's fresh and new and shiny. I mean,
0: I didn't like horror movies, for example, and you introduced me to horror movies and, you know, now I I kind of like horror movies no.
1: now. You <laughs> do. Um, but anyway, so I, I I appreciated that Ethan softened over time, and it is kind of yeah, it is more one-sided because Isabel found somebody and she got engaged, and Ethans like can't seem to get it quite together. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I was just I was a little I was off put by that cold reaction to love, trying to be so specific about about love. Um, uh, one cool thing I want to talk about. Date Date's real secret sauce was our mood sensing tech. We use the camera, microphone, and accelerom- accelerometer to understand your current mood.
0: That's very real. Yes, and that I, is very real, and it's I very find scary.
1: It, it's very scary, but it's also super fascinating.
0: I I find it interesting. I find it um, ultimately concerning. It's something that there's it's scary. There's things about tech that has always creeped me out, and I and, and I say I guess that. I guess that doesn't sound really that special for most people, except I consider myself to be rather interested in tech. You're a techie person,
1: you are I a techie person. used to be person.
0: obsessed, obsessed with Google and everything Google was doing. This is,
1: I was there. I, I, yeah, I, yeah.
0: this is this is before they really went um
1: evil. This is early to mid 2000s,
0: yeah. Um, like you know back when they were when they were really inventive and creative and seemed to be a genuinely good working environment and weren't anyway um but that kind of idea i recognize that the apps are probably not recording me most of them right this is a real thing that happens but they're not really like recording my video and sending it over to dave in accounting to just watch what i'm doing dave
1: in accounting doesn't give a fuck right um <laughs> At the same
0: time, it does feel a little bit, um intrusive for my phone to be gathering that much data about me.
1: Well, and they, because they know what we like and they want to show us what we like and they want to keep us happy. And we all know that about social media. And if you don't, you're living under a rock that they purposefully, they want to show you something right away that you like so that you're happy when you open the app and Mm -hmm. then you keep going. And there's a certain amount of that that I appreciate because I don't want to see a whole bunch of shit I'm not interested in, (laughs) frankly. So there is... um. There's kind of a good side to that evil, but it's also creepy 1984, right? Yeah.
0: And what I actually find even more terrifying about it is there's always these 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 very scary. I would I I would not quite go, go as far as to call them ur- urban legends, but yeah. you know, scary tech stories of what all these apps are doing. Sure. And yeah, this is science fiction, but this is talking about the pretty much science fact part of this of this industry. And we are talking about the first employee of Instagram. He
1: knows some. St- he's no one.
0: He knows some.
1: stuff. He signed that NDA, but he's no one.
0: This is stuff that is happening. Yeah, and it's kind of terrifying to hear it from a voice who actually was there
1: um we're gonna be wrapping up pretty soon there's a couple more points i wanted to touch on so one is um i don't want to talk about this too too much in depth um i did not work for a tech company exactly oh yeah but i worked for a big bay area company that in a lot of ways, reminded me very, very much of the corporation. We even also had our Christmas party at the Academy of Sciences. Yes. But I'm sure a lot of places do. Um, But there was like a lot of stuff that was, it made me smile and it made me chuckle and it made me like, yeah, 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 that's a part of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was kind of funny. Um,
0: that was a cool scene as someone who went to that Christmas party at the Academy.
1: Yeah, you got a lot Sciences. of benefits of of yeah. my time with that company. I felt
0: very, I felt like, you know, again, the specificity. I, 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 I was in those rooms.
1: I was in the room where it happened. I
0: remember that building when it was dark and yeah. there was no sunlight and it was like like fancy.
1: Yeah. Um, To round out a little bit more about... Um, Ethan learning and growing, is there's a part where he's talking to Noma towards the end, and um, we're sort of towards the end of the book here. And Noma says, uh, she's talking to him, and she's kind of schooling him on his crap like she often is. That's the point. We don't know people. We get to know them. We're always in the process of getting to know each other It never ends. And I think that's a very important part of Ethan's development to remember that. Like, you don't have to, everything isn't going to be fresh and shiny and new all the time, but people will surprise you. And a person that you really connect with romantically or on a friendship level will constantly keep you interested and surprised in them. So I thought that was an important part. And then uh, from near the end of the book, we're talking about the founder. The founder had a knack for this kind of thinking. For him, our world was endlessly interesting. We didn't need to discover other worlds. And if we did, it wasn't apparent to him that such a discovery would be any more exciting than, say, uncovering a once overlooked organ in the body. A discovery hidden in plain sight for so long might have intrigued him more. And I think that's an important message of the book as well.
0: And I actually, I actually find myself to be more along the lines with that too.
1: Yeah, I think that that's. I mean, I think that's a a maturity and a growth, and that he starts to recognize that. Um, And yeah, and then, like I said, by the end of the book, I was very, I was very proud of Ethan. I was very proud of his growth and what he'd been through. So, are you ready to give this book a score? I guess so. It's tricky because there's a lot, there's a lot going on in this book, and there's a lot of elements that were big hits for us, and there was a lot of elements that we don't feel like it really connected.
0: So I want to preface our scores with this: we call our score execution scores. It is not, you know, Amazon stars. It is not thumbs up or thumbs down. It's how well do we feel that the author executed on what the author was trying to put forth.
1: Right, and also, like, it's impossible to not be like, and how did that make you feel? How did you feel at the end of this book?
0: So, um, I'll go ahead and go first. Uh, What what, what should you score this out of? I'm thinking, like, apps.
1: I was thinking partially eaten bags of Nestle Tollhouse chocolate chips. (laughs) All right. Um,
0: I am going to give this uh, uh, to... Two open Nestle Tollhouse chips out of five. I worked, I talked a long, I thought a long time about this score, and I decided I wanted to write this out. So there's a lot I want to like about this book, and there's a lot that I like about this book, but a lot of it is flawed and incomplete, and so hard to recommend on an execution level. There's an interesting message in the loss of humanity that the corporation and the tech industry in general can create, but it almost seems an accidental theme when you consider what the message was supposed to be. The technology surrounding portal tech is so convoluted that it neither felt like science fiction nor fantastical. The bulk of the story, focusing around tech and the tech industry, was fascinating, interesting, and emotionally satisfying. But the ending felt like it dropped the ball. It felt unsatisfying, both due to the muddled nature of the technology and the untelegraphed feelings that I felt from the relationships between the characters.
1: Um, I'm gonna actually give it three chocolate chips out of the bag. Um, I found that things ended up balancing for me. I think a lot more did than for you. There was, you know chads left hanging so to speak there was um things i wasn't jazzed about but there was enough good stuff that it tipped the scale back up and it came out very even for me i think a lot of people will absolutely resonate with this book i think that this book is very important for a lot of perpetually habitually online people to read and a lot of people who, you know, overanalyze and overthink and overgive themselves to things that aren't as important as real life. And, and I think that this book should be in those people's hands and should inspire them to go on the type of journey that Ethan did. All right, everybody, there you have it. That's a wrap on science fiction. We'll be coming at you with a young adult horror next. Mm-hmm. I'm Sandra. I'm Scott. Please keep reading past your bedtime.